Folks, welcome to Vintage Baseball Reflections. I am Tom, the baseball nostalgia guy, bringing you these treasured pieces. Do you miss the good old days of listening to baseball through radios? It was a classic pastime that stood for decades and shaped how we cherish baseball in our heroes. These stories are from a moment in time that were heard by fans just like you. They are uncut, unfiltered, simply here for you to enjoy. So I just want you to enjoy this reflection on baseball history. From Day to DeRocher to Jansen, it's double play with DeRocher and Day. With their guest, Larry Jansen, here's another chapter of Double Play with DeRocher and Day. Welcome to another visit with baseball's most exciting and controversial couple, Lorraine Day and Leo DeRocher, with their guest for today, Larry Jansen. And now, two great names in baseball, Jansen and DeRocher. This is the way we do it, DeRocher. What do you throw? A spitter. You can slop. Hey, wait a minute. Is this the right program? That sounded like a couple of kids. Well, here's Lorraine. Let's see what she has to say about it. <laughs> Hiya, fellas. Hello, friends. This is Double Play from DeRocher today to Jansen. And Dale's daddy is Larry Jansen, the great New York Giants pitcher who is our guest on Double Play today. Chris, why don't you go out and get the old folks and bring them into the dugout? Well, for a moment, we thought the small fry had taken over. Before Chris DeRocher brings in the old folks or the starting lineup, here's something for you to line up. And now back to Double Play with Leo DeRocher and Lorraine Day and their guest, Larry Jansen. Well, you throw uh, a slider, don't you, Larry? Yes, I do, Lorraine, and uh, I would say that the slider is probably uh, just called a slider. I think it's a new pitch. I think they used to call the pitch a sailor or something. Didn't they, Leo? Yes, uh, you remember Frankie Frisch uh, when these fellas started to throw these palm balls and knuckleballs and all that stuff, and then they come up with a slider. He called it a nickel curve. Nickel curve. That's right, and it's a, it's a form of, uh, as Larry knows, it's a form of a curve ball, only it doesn't, uh, it doesn't break as much as a real good curve does. It's just more of a fastball that just slides maybe two or three inches. Well, do you hold it any differently than you would any other curve? Well, I think or you better let Larry... Uh, Dale uh, would you borrow that. your ball, okay? I would say, Lorraine, that the slider is held the same as the curve, and uh, that the difference is in, in your wrist action. The slider, I always throw a mind with the, the ball coming off the tip of my finger, off the side of the finger, and the curve ball, actually, you, you throw it with the breaking of your wrist, and curve comes out of there. Well, and uh, your fastball is thrown uh, off the end of your fingers. And the slider, and the slider comes off, off Sort of off the way. side, just a little bit off the side, yes. You call a curve a quarter, well, a slider is about a nickel curve. <laughs> <laughs> well, does uh, Sal Magley throw a, a slider? <laughs> I know the other night I got into a, a talk with, uh, with Sal about uh, throwing the curveballs, and I accused him of throwing two curves, and he said, well, I've got to disagree with you a little bit, Skip, he says, I throw three. And I said, uh, what do you mean three? He said, well, I throw three kinds of curveballs. And he actually knows how he throws them. I really don't know how he does it, but uh, I know that he's got a real good curve. Yes, he has. I'm certainly not going to change him. <laughs> well, you know, before we get into this next letter, 
I think that uh, uh, the fans would like to know that cute story I heard about Larry in a game in Philadelphia. It seems that Larry didn't have any control this day or didn't have very much on the ball, and the Philadelphia club was hitting him all over the park. I was listening to this game on the radio, and uh, afterwards they said after the game that Larry came in and said that they were hitting him so good that and were so anxious to get to him that he was surprised that they didn't hit out a turn. <laughs> well, that's quite uh, right, Leo and uh, Lorraine. And before the game, well, as I warmed up, I didn't get real loose. My shoulder was real tight. And Western asked me if I had anything tonight. I said, gee, no, West, because I haven't got too much. And he said, boy, so we'll go out and mastermind it. And I said, well, that's going to be a great pair. Jansen and Western out trying to master somebody through a ball game. We did win the game. <laughs> you gave me a little bit of trouble, though, listening to it. They talk about uh, masterminding. It was in Philadelphia that uh, Jansen and Coslow needled me and tipped me off to Bobby Thompson. Now, if you recall, Bobby Thompson in 1951 could not seem to hit the ball whatsoever. He hit 220 and uh, 230. Well, I hit 220 when I played, and that was my batting average. And uh, Thompson, I figured, could hit 220 with his wrist. And I wanted him to hit that ball. And... And I tried everything with him, and nothing would work. Larry Jansen one day said, why don't you do something with that fellow? And I said, he's kept me awake tonight, worrying about him, Larry. I said, what can I do? Tell me. I wasn't in baseball in 1947. Does this fellow stand now like he did in 1947? And Larry said, no. I said, what do you mean, no? And Coswell spoke up and said, it's altogether different. And I said, well, uh, just a minute. And I got a bat, and I said, show me. Show me how this fellow stood in 1947. So Jansen got up and stood over the plate with his feet closer together and his arms out like that and the bat straight up and his arms over the plate. And I said, you mean to tell me he stood this way in 1947? And they said, yes. So they needled me just enough that I went out having batting practice and I went out to home plate and when Bobby's turn come to hit, I said, uh, Bobby, I'd like to have you stand like you did in 1947. Take that stance at the plate. Well, he sort of got that same indifferent attitude and I got real mad and I jumped him. And uh, I said, listen, you're either going to stand that way or you're not going to stand at all. And he said, uh, well, I stood this way. And uh, he proceeded to stand like Larry told me he had. And I said, well, why don't you try that? You can't be worse. And from that night on, Bobby Thompson was one of the best hitters in baseball. And it's all uh, because of Larry Jansen. They say that, the, uh, that they're going to mastermind. If it wasn't for Jansen and Coswell, I don't think I'd have ever got Bobby Thompson to do that. Well, now I want to know why Mr. Jansen and Mr. Coslow don't go out there and stand at the plate like that themselves, then, if they've made such well, a good hitter Well, once in a while, they do, you know. Uh, Larry and Dave are not the worst hitters in baseball. Our pitchers go. Left foot sweep. <laughs> you left foot yeah. sweep. <laughs> well, you were telling Leo something about uh, having trouble walking people. I mean, when you were supposed to intentionally walk a man, that you were scared to death that uh, you would miss that's the right. Um, that's, uh, I think that's one of the very hard things for me to do on a mound is when I have to intentionally walk someone. Uh, a fellow usually doesn't throw the balls hard, and, and a lot of times yourself, you've probably seen an infielder uh, lob the ball to first base and throw it away. Well, that's the way I'm when I'm pitching. I'm scared I walk someone intentionally that I'm gonna. Mr. Catcher. And <laughs> well, they've changed that rule now. The catcher can put, will just have one yeah. foot in the box and step a little further out. He can get a yard farther out now. A couple years ago, when they could stand in, they had to stand in real close to the hitter. Yeah. Well, uh, you really got to be careful, and you always try to lead your catcher for when he gets jump out after you made the pitch. And it worried me, too. Them. I was afraid you fellas might throw the ball away, too, or get one too good to follow my whack it on you. Right now, how about a seventh-inning stretch and letting our sponsor get in a few pitches?
And now back to double play with DeRocher and Day. Okay, back to baseball and Larry. Here's a question for you. Says, don't you think a relief pitcher should get just as much money as a starter since they always say you can't win a pennant winner without a good fireman? Thank you and best wishes from Jack Mason, New York City. Well, do they or don't they? I don't know. Do they or don't they? <laughs> well, no. You'll find that your starting pitcher, he pitches every fourth day, is entitled. The relief pitcher pitches every day. Well, uh, well, your good pitchers you'll notice at the end of the year, they always complete from 20 to 25 ball games. Well, the, the relief pitcher wasn't helping him one bit. Yes, but take, for instance, the case of Philadelphia. They could never have won without Constanti. And you know that the Yankees, their great fireman, Page, they could never have won without him. I can name you another one. You, Casey, were just tremendous. Do you think a, a great relief pitcher should be Page? You know, all your starting pitchers will relieve probably 10, 12 times a year. Yeah, how about that? Don't you think they're entitled to more money? Listen, I'm arguing for everybody to get more money. Yeah, I'm sure. generous as long as it isn't my money that has to go out. <laughs> well, Larry but, goes uh, for that, don't you, Larry? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Sure, you don't mind. But, you know, well, maybe you could get two fellas that each can go five. One oh, you're between. bringing back to the old rule of starting. <laughs> we do that all spring training. <laughs> sure. That's tough, huh? Well, what about you, Dale? Uh, what do you say to your dad if he had to stay and a relief pitcher has to come in and relieve him? When you're on your way home, do you sort of give him a pep talk or anything? No. You don't discuss it with him? Mm -hmm. You mean you're just a quiet fellow? That isn't the way it is in our household. <laughs> that isn't the way Chris does. What do you say to me when we lose a ball game? I think we lose. <laughs> we lose today. Yeah, yeah, we'll lose get him tomorrow. That's right. Manager's always to blame. Sure. <laughs> well, I have another question, too. This is from Las Vegas. Abe Schiller wants to know. It says, Dear Lorraine, I've heard many pitchers talk about playing night baseball. How about it? Is the advantage with the pitcher or with the batter? I wish you the best of luck for your program. Very sincerely, Abe Schiller. Thank you, Abe. We appreciate the good wishes. What about it? I think the pitcher has the advantage. Now, you're going to find Leo. Maybe he's going to be for the hitters, or there is a lot of hitters that like night baseball. But I like to pitch night ball. Not especially like to, but I think the pitcher has the advantage because the hitter, I don't think, can see all of the baseball. Do you think a fastball is more, a fastball pitcher is more effective at night than a, a curveball pitcher? Probably a real good fastball pitcher, yes, but I think uh, the breaking ball pitcher is uh, probably has a little edge at night because, as I said, the, I don't think the pitcher or the hitter can pick up the spin of the ball to uh, tell whether it's a curve or a fastball. You take a real exceptional Newcomb would be one uh, Rex Barney, when he was with the Dodgers, a real great fastball. They might have an edge on a hitter at night, but uh, I think a breaking ball pitcher is much more effective than, at night than he is in the daytime. You only get to see the top half of the ball. You don't get to see the underneath part. And a breaking ball pitcher can change the speeds of the ball. And uh, I think he's much more effective at night. Well, what about the hitters? How do they feel? I don't think... I should ask you. Well, what do you mean <laughs> you probably, should ask me? Yeah, we should ask him how a hitter feels yeah, at night. He, right. Well, of he course, when... He not see uh, the ball even in the daytime. <laughs> well, I, I, always hit, uh, I always hit enough. Uh, just well, enough to, get, to manage enough to stay, stay in, in the, the league. Major that's league. about that's all. all. <laughs> but uh, I had trouble day or night. Didn't make any difference. What was your average? Now, just a minute, Larry. I hit 220. I said that before. 220. Quite an average, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty good pitcher's average. Pitcher's average. I wish I had some pitchers that hit 220. <laughs> I will, now, what about the hitters? Do well, like I mean, I think that the hitters, you'll find some hitters that like to hit at night and do hit better at night. But I think the overall picture, 
that the uh, ball players in the major leagues, I think that they would much rather play every game in the daytime than they would at night. I don't think that the ball players really like night baseball. I like night baseball better. Feels more like a like a date. I like to go out at night rather than in the daytime. I, I have other things to do anyway. <laughs> but sure. I'm out there anyway. And you know, when a, a guy like Larry pitches, it it doesn't give me too much concern. I don't worry too much, Larry. Really, although I was kidding you about that Philadelphia game. Uh, I can go out there and relax when you're pitching because of your great control. Yeah, but it's great control. I know some days I wish he didn't have such great control. Every time I look up, the ball's going in the upper deck. Boom, home run. Wait a minute. We have pretty good hitters today. If all the hitters were like you, hit 220, I wouldn't have to worry about home runs every time. Oh, how do you like this guy? (laughs) Home runs. Well, what about your control? When does he have his best control? He has his best control every time I send him out there. He seems like he has great control and... And as I say, some days he has too good control. He hit those home runs off him, the gopher ball, we call it. Well, Leo, I've heard you say that some of your pitchers have their best control when they're intentionally walking a man. Well, that's all right. That's the time to have it. Well, I'm sorry, but time's up. We have to say goodbye this week. See you next week, same time, same station. Thank you, Larry and Dale Jansen. Listening to another chapter of Double Play with baseball's most exciting couple, Lorraine Day and Leo DeRocher. Today, Lorraine and Leo had as their guest Larry Jansen. Join us when again it's time for Double Play with Leo DeRocher and Lorraine Day plus another big time guest star. Double Play is produced by Marty Martin, directed by Ted Nealon, and is a Mar Ted production. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like you.